If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Oh, what are you doing? I'll tell you what you're doing. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls, Lorcas. Either you are, or I'll be skipping rope with your entrails. Ta-ta. This podcast is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. The podcast where we explore the amazing universe of the Elder Scrolls. You have freed the soul of Mentana. Torment will be his. Endless agony is all he will know until the end of time. You have performed well, mortal. Perhaps you will be my servant again one day. Take this and use it well. Bring strife and discord with you wherever you may travel. Now, go! Uh, Lotus, that was the voice of uh, Molag Ball at the end of the quest line in Skyrim when you get the, uh, get the uh, Daedric weapon from him, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. Uh, He's a scary dude. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is your host, Tom, or Robots. That's Lotus. We're talking about Molag Ball today. And we get a real creeper on the docket today. A real creeper with content warning at the beginning, uh, sexual assault, all forms of assault, any type of assault or torture or murder, any of that stuff, if that bothers you, then this is not the episode to listen to today. Yeah, there's definitely a few things that um, if you bring them into a real world application out of the, you know, creative writing fantasy aspect this is a little triggery uh i would imagine so gets, just be really dark yeah, it, yeah it's he is definitely like an most of the time this is one of the stereotypical like overtly evil characters and they do a real impressive job making it uh so that you, it's real hard to relate to Molag Ball on many levels. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, I mean, it's hard to relate to many of the Daedric Princes in some fashion or another. But it, It's true, but like oftentimes yeah. you can find like, oh, well, there's this redeeming quality to offset it. Molag Ball's realm, as we'll get into, is almost all horrific things. <laughs> yeah, it's like when they designed him as a character. They were like, all right, we need somebody that's just like evil incarnate. Yes, we, we need a literal evil villain. Like, right. Through and through, just like, what is a horrific demon? Which is where we're going to kind of go. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's kind of the some of the inspiration. So, yep. um, so welcome. Welcome, everybody. We're talking about Molag Ball. This is uh, we're all the way almost through the M's now of the Daedric Princes and um, 
Mullig Ball, normally we go over all the names here. I'm just going to, he has so many names, so many different ways that people know him and or them. Daedric Princes aren't necessarily gendered. And yeah, um, the uh, in fact, many times people avoid actually saying Moleg Ball kind of like uh, like um, uh, what's the freaking dude from Harry Potter? You can't say his name. Voldemort? Voldemort, where they just wow, don't, don't want to say Harry his name. Potter, but I, I, there you go. I, 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 I did it. Nailed you got it. it. You got it. You got it. Well, so, yeah. So sometimes people just avoid saying his name. So they just refer to him as things in order to avoid saying the name because everybody just kind of gets it. I mean, he kind of does his thing uniquely compared to, of course, all the other Deja Princes. So here's just here's just a handful. You ready for this? Here we go. The God of Schemes, Harvester of Souls, Lord or Prince of Domination, Lord of Brutality, Dark Lord, Harvester, Lord of Corruption, Corrupter, Tormentor of Men, Lord of Troubles, Prince of Schemes, God of Brutality, Sower of Strife, the Scheming Lord of Cold Harbor, the Prince of Murder, the King of Rape. That one you can attribute to Vivek, by the way. Uh, Domination and Supreme, or I'm sorry, Elder Spirit of Domination and Supreme Law, Prince of Rage, Schemer Princess, which is interesting, Molag, the Slave Lord, the Prince of Pain, Captain of Corruption, Dark Father, Father of Vampires, Lord of the Undead, Father of Undeath, Defiler, Father of Torment, King of Corruption, Lord of Lies, Lord of Darkness, Master, or I'm sorry, Dark Master. I was going to say Master of Darkness, but it's <laughs> Dark Master. And Dread Lord. What? I mean, the dude's got like a huge resume. I don't know how you yeah. fit all of that onto one page. You'd probably put Edge Lord onto all of that. Edge too, Lord. Good yeah. Lord. <laughs> yes. Yes. Look, this guy is like the heavy metal demon of the Elder Scrolls uh, world. So, yeah. Yeah, so where do we even start, Lotus? <laughs> do There's want- <laughs> a lot to unpack with uh, Molag Ball, as Molag Ball has also uh, been featured in many of the games. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I guess, you know, for, for the most current of them, was the original main antagonist for Elder Scrolls Online. He was the Soul Burst questline, which was the original year one for... Um, the Elder Scrolls Online main story. And he he was your your main villain causing the Dark Anchors. You actually go to Cold Harbor, which is his realm, which we'll get into later on. Um, But he's also had appearances in, I believe, every game except Arena, if I'm not... Well, every mainline game except Arena. He's not in the... He's not in Battlespire. Although they make reference to him in Battlespire in the book of the Daedra's... Right, right. Yeah. And um, uh, thank you. Chad is also pointing this out. Molag Ball itself translates to Firestone. Yep. Just specifically Firestone. Um, the name Molag Ball, if, if we get a little bit meta and we pull ourselves out of the, the lore and all the stuff that's going on with all these different names, the name Molag Ball actually comes from two biblical deities. So these were uh, so if you're you're familiar with the uh, Old and New Testaments in the Old Testament, oftentimes the um, the uh, the the main characters, I guess you could say the uh, the Jewish people or the Hebrews um, would come into conflict with other local deities or deities from other nearby cultures. Um, 
in in the Canaan Valley, the Canaanites worshipped a deity, deity by the name of Malak and another one by the name of Baal, which if you put the two together, you get Molag Baal, Malak Baal. Malak is M-O-L-O-C-H and Baal is B-A apostrophe A-L. Baal, hmm. you'll notice, shows up a lot in um, other types of fantasies as being like a demonic character. And what's interesting about this is that there's some connection here to like the demonic nature of these things. So, for example, um, Malak is understood to be a a god of sacrifice, somebody who, who you would kill people in order to worship. And uh, the imagery of Malik is that of a bull with horns. And you've got kind of that demon, demonic like horn head thing going on. Mm-hmm. Ball, strangely enough, although Ball is the one that I, I find to be more common in like references to demonic characters, was the god of weather, like fertility and vegetation. <laughs> and the reason why the Hebrews thought he was evil was because he was a competing deity. Any deity that wasn't. Yahweh or Elohim God in the Old Testament was by by its very nature not their gods they're therefore evil but if you put the two together then this is the sacrificial god of fertility and vegetation (laughs) which I think is really kind of funny yeah yeah it's really kind of funny but um that ties back into some of the imagery that's used the idea of like this horned devil looking character with like yeah. goat hooves and and all of that kind of thing a lot of yeah, that is drawn. ball is definitely more bestial um yeah it's drawn it, from it, christian mythology yep. really in, yeah in the very way stereotypical demon-esque style um and and back in game relating to the names too you'll mm-hmm. see a lot of other characters that have a tie-in to Moleg Ball share parts of uh, Ball's name as well. There's Lamia Ball, which I will, will touch on in relation to the vampire thing um, briefly. But um, and you know that that's more of a vampire thing, even though he's responsible for it, rather than just like having this turned into all of the episode about vampires. Yeah. Well, why don't he's, why don't we touch on that real quick? Do, do we want to just touch on yeah. that and get yeah. and move past it? Because yeah. a lot say, of people yeah. know the connection with Molag Ball and vampires. He's the father of vampires. He corrupted yep. a woman, um, a uh, virgin uh, Nedic woman in order to create the first vampire. And this is stuff that we learn in some of the extra content in Skyrim. The, um, uh, whatever that expansion was with the vampires. What was that called? Uh, Vampire oh, wow. expansion. Yeah, uh, Dawn Guard. Dawn Guard. There it is. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So we know that he's responsible for the creation of vampires that oftentimes servants of his will even seek him out in order to gain vampirism. And that is a blessing that he will bestow upon them. And there's all sorts of dark ways that that happens. Um, the right, darkest the of hardware compact is really messed up. <laughs> right, right. And, and the, uh, the dark origin of this, and again, trigger warning is that he raped the young woman and that's the method which, which he converted her into a vampire. Right. And, and, uh, <laughs> On the pronunciation thing, it's Lamay, not Lamia. I, th- I think I said Lamia, which is actually like the the snake people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah different thing. Lamay ball. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. So, um, so I mean, we don't need to go into that too much. We I talked about that on the vampire episode, the vampire and, episode. So that's that kind of a little more in depth on on that. But yeah, he's just the creation of that uh, whole thing. And the name again is is sometimes shared. Um, and another another tie in, uh, just name recognition wise, is in Elder Scrolls Online. There's the siege of the Imperial City that's currently going on, where it's burning the Imperial Library. Daedra running amok throughout the Imperial City and all that. And um, while there's a battle going on in the White Gold Tower, um, one of the enemies you encounter is Molag Kina, which is another servant of Molag. Well, I actually forget the direct his daughter, maybe. Yeah, it's something like that. Uh, I forget the fam familiar relationship off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. But either way, another another tie in, not sharing the ball name, but in, in this situation, sharing the Molag name type of thing. Right, right. So which I guess is just fun for creativity's sake i don't know the yeah. uh, like reason why you would have molak or, or the other name yeah right did data princes have surnames and <laughs> such yes i don't know um <laughs> but yeah we've got that going on um so the the thing that we need to know the most about the, the, i guess the thing that we need to focus the most on with molak ball is the fact that he's about he's all about what he can get away with when it comes to torture and corruption and yes. um domination is such such a main focus it's just to literally control the aspects of those he would consider lesser than himself or which is all mortals mortals and and again it's it's sort of like this desire to we've mentioned the kind of spheres that the different data princes fall into and it's this obsessive need to dominate like everything which leads to being a good villain when you're trying to essentially invade a world where everyone's theoretically at your disposal to be dominated if all goes well <laughs> right right so let's ch- let's divide this up in in like a few topics here we've got the domination the subjugation the corruption of mortals and then we have his competition with the other daedric princes which we'll get to a little bit later um now lotus you know you know me i've got i get some of these crazy theories and ideas and this one isn't a crazy theory or idea but it is a what uh, what occurred to me today in going through the lore and, and kind of researching this a little bit more was a deeper understanding into why he is so keen on undeath for somebody who wants to corrupt and torture and and dominate you also like the natural assumption is is murder is also mm-hmm. on that list right and right. it is sometimes but he is less about actually killing things because once you murder somebody you can no longer dominate them that's you are 100 percent have dominated them and you are finished there is no more to their story at all and it occurred to me that the best way to continue corrupting and dominating somebody is to make sure that they don't die is to keep them alive so the curse of vampirism is in its sense the the essence of that let's keep them alive so that they can continue to suffer through this affliction that they have for eternity and even if things do die then let's bring them into his land his his 
part of oblivion cold harbor Mm -hmm. and let's continue to dominate them because the souls that get brought into cold harbor oftentimes if they give in to him will be turned into things like bone golems and and these other creatures which are going to be dominated for the rest of eternity right so that's why he's into undeath he just doesn't want thing he just doesn't want to stop enjoying his domination and corruption of his subjects sure that that totally makes sense where it's just like okay you just eternally get to suffer because then i never get bored because i always have playthings. right right or if you know like and we've speculated about this before there's some sort of control there's some sort of uh, benefit that these princes get from being able to enact their influence over mortals mm-hmm. and we've speculated before that maybe it has something to do with their spirits when they die and we've we've got many episodes where we've kind of talked about that but in this case it's almost like the domination of the the mortals him, themselves is is the end game like that is the end that's why he wanted to invade tamriel and pull it into cold harbor was so that he could have eternal control and domination over everything all the time so that's it's kind of where my mind goes with that and so that therefore everybody who is immortal is naturally very afraid of him because he's not like some of the other danger princes who like boethia is just done with you right like boethia is kind of similar in a certain amount of like rebellion and and power but boethia is like up oh, all right well i'm just gonna kill you and now you're dead all done right but when it comes to right. Molek Ball, it's like, nope, the story's not not that quick. He's going to make sure that you are basically going to suffer forever <laughs> if if he has his way with you. Right, right. So anyway, that's that's just one of those things that I I'd come up with today, looking at, at all of how this works um, in relation to mortals. But then there's the side of him that we have to look at where it. It has to do with his relationship to other Daedric princes. And there are a few that he stands juxtaposed with that are absolutely <laughs> like he doesn't get along with them at all. Which yeah, Ball's makes some enemies. sense. Yeah, yeah. He's got some enemies. So I mentioned Boethia, right? Boethia yep. makes sense. They have kind of this ongoing rivalry. And it makes... Um, th- actually, this ties into the... Um, the lore from uh, the Dark Elves, the Dunmerry people, the yep. Houses of Troubles and all of those things. Boethia right. is one of the good Daedric princes. Molik Vol right. is one of the House of Troubles. He stands against them. And so that right there is conflict. Um, you have any anything you want to throw in about that? No, and I, I mean, I guess kind of in the degree of like... <sighs> It, it's just interesting because, like, I, I guess when you're oftentimes referring to the different data, which, you know, we, we do oftentimes. One thing that is just interesting, because when we were discussing, you know, the different anticipations and stuff like that and other episodes and, and the good Daedra, according to Dunmer, a lot of times we, we even mention it's like uh, the concept of like good to them is like, oh, wow, that's that's weird because it it's still pretty brutal oftentimes but in in this situation it's almost like two different sides of this brutality where one of them is just like nah this is this is super screwed up as opposed to this is strife that you're overcoming or something like that whereas is kind of interesting that there's that differentiation where theoretically in other 
literature or, or writings or whatever, either of these characters could be considered evil. But in this one, it's kind of like, yeah, not so much. And actually, as Rob just pointed out, as I wanted to get to, it's one of those situations where it's like kind of the rebel and the king type of thing. And yeah. the big one that I wanted to get into was actually not so much Boethia, but uh, I, I probably next on the list, which we'll be getting into, uh, which you'd normally consider another super devil demon in the series, which is ironic that, again, bitter rivals with Dagon. Yeah. Yeah, so there's there's Dagon. Um, before we move on to that, though, w- one other little note, and I'm not going to dwell too much on this because it's uh, I mean, this is a huge rabbit trail. But <laughs> but in the uh, Lessons of Vivek Sermon 14, it is claimed that he or they had children with Vivek. Yeah. which is super nuts and created like mutant creatures. And there's right. This is a very Kirkbridean thing. It's very Kirkbridean. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and it goes on and on and on. <laughs> and actually a lot of the 36 le- lessons are related to the slaying of all these horrific little monster children. Yeah. Yeah. So and if you, if you want to fall down that hole, you're welcome to, maybe we'll do a whole other episode about that and more of what's going on there. Uh, yeah, but that's yeah, much more 36 less. I mean, it involves Moleg ball, but it's very 36 right. lessons, which right. is in and of itself, its own beast. Right. But like, yeah, puzzle for yourself a little bit here. Moleg ball and Vivek getting together, making babies. Super weird. Um, but okay, let's move on. So, so you brought up another Daedric Prince. You brought up uh, Mehrun's Dagon. Yes, and which the conflict funny between the two of them, because uh, related back to the visual style of them, when you think Mehrun's Dagon, it's very stereotypical, like devil, demon, hellscape that it's in, but it's totally in a different direction mm-hmm. from Molag Ball. And interestingly enough, based on what we were just talking about with the Dunmer, Mirren Zagan's also part of the House of Troubles, but is opposed to one of the others in the House of Troubles, which is kind of fascinating to think about where it's just like even the evil entities, quote unquote, well, actually less quotes around Molag Ball, just evil. <laughs> just more more evil. quotes around Dagon is a little more ambiguous there, I'll get to say. Um even they're at each other's throats just because of the ideological differences they have in their spheres, so to speak. Right, right. And what's interesting is that they're both, I, I find them both to be similar in uh, iconography and, and the way that they look. They both have, have a kind of a demonic vibe going. Mehrun's Dagon's definitely got more of that like Goro big dude with multiple arms thing. Correct. But there's still that demonic quality to him and especially his realm. Cold Harbor tends to have very cool color palette. It seems to be very dark and, and blue and kind of purpley, whereas Merun's or uh, Molag Ball's realm, it's like fire and brimstone, which. No, no, the other way around. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Dagon's realm is like fire, fire and you brimstone. You are correct. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Again, <laughs> again, I, I truncate all of these names. M, B, yeah. MD like like right, every, right, I right. just shorten everything in my brain um, and we were joking about this in the pre-show the other one that he specifically or it specifically butts up against is um, Meridia now, I would consider these three to be the ones that are the most in conflict with him 
Um, and Meridia, because of this reverie for life, the sanctity of life and its energies right. and those kinds of things. This fanatical opposition to the undead. Right, right. So you have one who's going to basically destroy life or corrupt, I guess is the best way to put it. Corrupt, corrupt life. It's, yeah, it's not so much destroying it. It's corrupting it and enslaving it. And Right. He doesn't even necessarily want it gone. He, it's just he wants utter control of it and to ruin it. Right, right. Whereas Meridi is like, no, no, no. Life is precious. You can't do yeah. that. Let's. And then so and there's, you know, conflict between them. and The stories we talked a little bit about this during the Meridia episode. Um, right. So Which the, is I would, interesting because of her uh, just just like a quick side note before we move past Meridia. One yeah. thing we, we were talking about the fact that it's like with Dagon and Ball, it's like, oh, it's, it's interesting that they're so opposed to each other because actually one of the things that uh, Prof brought up in chat that I specifically really, really like, whereas that, that concept of uh, Dagon having like that overthrowing and like the, the idea of hope as well, just because destruction of something that's been established can bring hope to those that right. need that. Revolution. So it's kind of neat yeah. because that's a big opposition to permanent enslavement well, that's going against the idea of like being able to overthrow that. So that's kind of cool that they're at odds. But the reason I, I wanted to just mention the Meridia thing is even though there's the, the life aspect to Meridia where she's opposed to the undead, she's very much against free will. <laughs> right, so right. it's kind of funny that they all, they also share this weird sort of domination thing because she really is not, there is no questioning Meridia. It's you do as she says and, mm -hmm. and her Aurorans are creepy. So it's, <laughs> it is kind of interesting that they both kind of share that aspect, even though they're at odds with each other, a little different, obviously, but it's still, it's funny. The overlap in with, Two that seem at the surface level more opposed to each other and then two that look kind of similar have kind of like a deeper reason that they don't sync up. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like they're siblings. They're like they're cut from the same cloth, <laughs> right, but they disagree right. about how you treat life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. There's a similarity there. Um, and then we, we also have conflict between Molag Ball with the Adra, the Adric spirits, um, RK, and similar to Meridia, RK's uh, love of life and and against the undead and that kind of thing is obviously a, a place of strife between them. Um, yep. And then Stendar. Stendar's another one that uh, Molag Ball kind of stands in opposition against. But like, unlike the Daedric Princes, the Aedric Princes are a little bit less active in the world. So you get a little bit less of that like one-on-one -on -one thing and more of like the followers of these people really don't like Molag Ball. Then you get a little bit more of that, like the priests of RK and that kind of thing. So, yeah. So there's man, there's a lot. There's a lot we could dive into with this stuff. Um, just like any of these other Daedric Prince episodes, we could go on about the, about him for like two hours. But um, these are more the uh, deeper but still overview kind of episodes. Anything else you want to point on before we point out before we move on? No, I think that I think I think that pretty well uncovers the the. I don't know, adversarial side of, of Molag Ball. I mean, Molag Ball doesn't tend to get along with many in general. These are kind of more, we just touched on the over enemies of Molag Ball, but you don't see a lot of collaborations with Molag Ball. Um, as much as the princes occasionally will work together, 
Malik Ball's usually doing his own thing, being sketchy off to the side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of his thing. Well, uh, yeah. here, why don't we take a quick break? We'll, we'll thank our patrons. We'll come back and we'll cover the artifacts and some other fun little bits of info. So don't go anywhere. I am so excited about our sponsor this week, Marvel Strike Force. I freaking love Marvel Comics. Growing up, I collected comics and the trading cards, and I've seen pretty much every Marvel movie they've made so far. So if you're into Marvel like I am, go check out Marvel Strike Force. This is a mobile squad RPG. You can collect and unlock all the different heroes. You fight against supervillains. There's a campaign. There's a blitz mode. There's an arena. There's a constantly evolving meta. And right now they're celebrating the Deadpool anniversary event. This is a mission from Strike where you log in the first time and you unlock this generous gift containing character shards, an anniversary diamond orb, gear, a bunch of other items. It is absolutely the right time to jump in and try this game out. Click the link in the show notes to download it now and then use the promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, MAXPOOL. Don't miss out on all the free stuff and thanks again to Marvel Strike Force for sponsoring this episode. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. This is Hamish. Morak Dragonborn, and you are educating yourself to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. All right, so here we are in the middle of the show. Yeah, the, the chat's coming on. Okay, because Vile is buddied up with old. Maybe. That, like, that's true. There's, yeah, there's there's, there's a, a number of uh, pairings up that happen throughout. I mean, you've got multiple ages of the world <laughs> to go over here. Sure. And there are a number of events where he, the, you know, temporarily pairs up with somebody else. Usually that doesn't last very long. But anyway, um, here we are in the middle of the show. This is where we get to thank our patrons. And we have some new ones this week. Got to shout out Ben F. Stephen P and Matthew A. Thank you so much for signing up on the Patreon. It is it's a new month. This we're in July. We're at the beginning of the month of July, and our patrons kind of shift and, and change over time. We've dropped just below that hundred mark again. We're back to ninety nine. And some people just kind of sign up for getting the old episodes, and then they yep. they go away, and that's totally fine. But yeah, if you're interested in helping out the show, want to want to support us, want to join us for future episodes. Or be called out like our Daedric Princes, Mr. Gami Boy, Kira, and Noodle Al Dente, and Riverwood Chicken. You can't forget Riverwood Chicken. Um, then go check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. And all the different things you can get, including t-shirts. I know I got another notification that t-shirts are going out again to some of our patrons. And so look in your mail, friends. You might see a new uh, Daedric Prince t-shirt show up pretty soon. And uh, I think we're getting closer to the end of the year of that first set of four t-shirts, which means I need to design some new t-shirts soon <laughs> to make sure that you guys have more stuff to get. Um, so I'll get on that. But thank you to everybody for your support. We really do appreciate it. Also, we have a new review to read. Here goes. This one's from this name is amazing. Lotus 
the how do you pronounce you want to try pronouncing this here i'll spell it g f h h h h j j g f f f yeah yeah i think weird like you somebody threw a football at you but you weren't paying attention it hits you right in the gut yeah i had i was thinking like you just got punched in the stomach that's the the sound of getting punched in the stomach you ever see that simpsons clip with hans moleman and that football just hits him in his (laughs) junk and he just falls over hans moleman is the best character of the simpsons (laughs) you call that a knife this is a knife down i go (laughs) that's my favorite quote he's also one of the ones that will regularly say when something really wacky happens and like it affects the whole town you'll see him and he'll go not again (laughs) i love that anyway (laughs) maybe i should read this review in a hans moleman no that would take forever um So thank you so much uh, from the U.S. who wrote uh, a treat for new and old fans alike. Five stars. I've been playing Elder Scrolls since Oblivion and immediately fell in love with the world. I consider myself a lore buff, but Robots and Lotus have poured into every obscure detail and found many things I've missed. Their presentation of the lore is entertaining, engaging, and easy to understand. Highly recommended for any fan of the franchise. I had an interaction with Lotus on Tales of Tribute, and even though he beat me somewhat badly, he was cordial and friendly, and we had a great discussion afterwards. I have not yet had the chance to encounter robots one-on-one, but I'm sure he'll be, he'd be just as inviting. 11 out of 5 stars. <laughs> <laughs> Would recommend the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, dude. Like, join our, join our Discord. Get on here. We're going to set up sometime in the next few weeks we'll set up a uh, a big tales of tribute competition and you're welcome to come play with us in our guilds so yeah that's absolutely. really awesome i actually didn't realize that this was from them at first because i hadn't read the review yet i uh-huh. actually had sent you uh the screenshot of like that it was like hey somebody somebody recognized me Warcast listener <laughs> yeah 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 it's always cool when when we see you guys out in, out in the wild uh but yeah, yeah i mean the amount of you that have found me in tales of tribute i apparently like i always joke that it's 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 kind of surreal when any of you that listen, say hi, uh, in game and, you know, in various applications, whether it's PVP or, you know, whatever the amount of people that I have run into in tales of tribute is like wild on playstation <laughs> oh that's cool that's cool uh, my name, so apparently that's yeah. where everybody's chilling at the moment so. well, my name when i play my my like you know how it shows your character name but then it has your account name most of the time you only see the account name my i changed my player name to robots radio just in case people w- wanted yep. to recognize me more but you still see the account name the account name for mine on pc is robots with zeros for o's and it's all lowercase except for this so it's like lowercase r uppercase o lowercase b uppercase what looks like uppercase because it's a big zero yeah um so i'm not super recognizable i could i could totally get how people would see that name and not necessarily know it was me um but if you do see a robots with zeros in a tales and a tales of tribute game that's that's this guy um and, <laughs> and if you beat me like send me a note and say Haha, i beat you um anyway that's what we got for the middle of the show thank you everybody for your support and for leaving ratings and reviews on all the platforms it really does help us maintain and continue to grow an audience we really appreciate that all right let's move on with the rest of the show you're listening to the elder scrolls Lorecast, dear child of cities that is why the night mother loves you 
And we love you too. Oh, wow. <laughs> all right. Well, that is in contrast to Molag Ball because I don't think he knows what love is at all. Um, no. That became a song lyric because it rhymed. I'm going to have to write a, a song about Molag Ball. All right. Let's talk artifacts. I know this is your favorite thing. I hinted at the beginning with the voice line about the mace of Molag Ball that that's the way you get it in Skyrim, which is terrifying and terrible because of the things you do, that poor guy. You want to start with that or should we, we save that we for later? Say, all right. So this is kind of an interesting one because this always is my favorite uh, part of the Daedric Princes where a lot of this, cause it's, it's very in gamey. So like, that's usually more of my go-to ironically enough. I think, uh, the Mace of Molag Ball's design is very, very cool. I really like the way it looks. Um, you can, you know, look it up on the UESP or it's in many of the different games. Um, but it's never the most useful. Um, it, it's fine. But the Mace of Molag Ball, it's also known as the Vampire's Mace. Um its enchantment drains the stamina and magicka of its victims and transfers it to the wielder. Uh, it's also been known to have the ability to transfer the enemy's strength to its wielder or trap their soul. So that's pretty handy because it's like a, you don't have to cast soul trap in game. You can just smack them with this thing. Yeah, That's pretty yeah. handy. Um, it gives you resources back, which is fine. Um, <laughs> again, not super noteworthy uh, it also been said to be a uh great weapon for uh vanquishing wizards which kind of makes sense because you can drain basically all of their magicka and they can't cast spells at you which makes life substantially easier um yeah definitely but in general it, it's got an orcish style to it so many legends surround the mace but the origins can be traced back to when molag ball deceived an orcish blacksmith and enslaved, enslaved them in the pits of cold harbor the blacksmith was uh turned into a soul shriven and forced to forge the mace hence the orcish it's not orc but like it's not necessarily orcish but it definitely has that orcish feel to it that just it's in like the design. A, a blend of like daedric and Orsimer like kind of styles very much similar in style to like the the orcish slash dwemer type of feel to volandrung as well yeah it's it's got like an in world thing and an out of world thing to it it's definitely got that type of feel if that makes sense right right i just like the fact that this is like a vampire in weapon form in a way yes like it yeah. sucks things out of people and into you and there's just something about that that I voiced that was cool. So, yeah, that's <laughs> so that's I would probably say the best of the weapons, which isn't saying much. I know you would think you would think with like him being so dark and evil that he might have some better weapons to give us. But. Most of his artifacts kind of suck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, How do you really the, feel? <laughs> the, so the next one I want to uh, tackle, um, which is. It's weird. I think it sounds awesome. And maybe that's why I'm less impressed because it sounds like it'd be really cool and it's really whatever. Mm -hmm. But the Mortem Vivicus, that is just a creepy name. Like, I think that sounds really, really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but it, it's it's supposedly a powerful weapon created by Moeg uh, Ball, but it's a massive spell that was capable of holding and harnessing thousands of souls and could destroy all of Tamriel when it was released, but it had no physical form. Instead, appearing as a large, cold light, it was originally like given orb. as a gift to the... Yeah. What's that? It was like an orb. It was like an yeah, orb Yeah, it's of like light. a big orb. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like a big bluish-white orb. Um, right. And it was originally given to the Alien King, a numeral... Um, of Abarglass. Abar, 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 Ab, yeah. Abagarless. Abagarless. It's a, yeah, it's there a moral Abagarless. That's how I, I think that's how you pronounce it. Nailed it. Yeah. But it's like, I, I, it's balls ball. Exactly. <laughs> um. Well, here, real quick, we didn't, we didn't point out the connection to the aliens. That, that is another thing that's worth pointing out here. The aliens worshiped Molech ball and, Correct. and you can see in some of the things that <clears throat> gut gardens <clears throat> yeah. that they learned a few things from Molech ball as well. So this, uh, weapon although it wasn't really a wieldable weapon it was like a powerful spell seems related to some of that worship and connection back in the, yes. the time of the aliens. um but it, yeah it it's since it's kind of not so much a thing as like a metaphorical thing <laughs> i don't know it it seemed it's one of those things that sounds like oh i could destroy all of tamriel but it's just this like floating sphere thing that theoretically is holding souls but it's like eh? Uh, okay yeah. it sounds yeah. neat i guess this is one of those uh, concepts that comes that came about because of elder scrolls online and like a story plot point right, but exactly. didn't really get fleshed out in any of the other elder scrolls in games the, exactly as like and a wieldable why, weapon or anything like that yeah, yeah that's why i think it, it's a little it falls a little flat where maybe mm. it, if it was more fleshed out it would have more to it right um, right well we can, we can move on from that one because there's really yeah. not a whole lot to say about it without getting into the whole storyline where it, right it and to in. be fair a lot of these won't have an awful lot about them which is why it's like he's so prominent it's kind of weird that there's really not well he doesn't want to give anybody any means of fighting back against i guess him. that's true he, he wants to limit what what you're getting because there's also we'll just go to the the, the next one we'll cover is the crown of bones mm-hmm. uh, but again created, a cool name crown it, of right, bones it it it, 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 it but it doesn't even have a picture. It's literally no, <laughs> right. Like right. there's no photo of it even. So it's like, but, uh, it was, uh, creative by Moloch ball for the Admiral of the lost fleet. It was a crown allowed the wearer to control the skeleton sailors whose ships were, uh, dragged into the maelstrom of ball. And this uh, is another one of those ESO story points where right. we don't and, actually get the item. It, c- correct. Um, as far as I know, as far as I know, no, you don't actually come you, across you the You do not. Um, if the the Admiral of the Lost Fleet specifically, uh, it's if you're interested in this, uh, it's uh, this is the storyline to um, Blackheart Haven is, I believe that that's what this is referring to, mm-hmm. which um, it's it's one of the base game dungeon storylines. So um that that's there if, if you kind of have interest in seeing minor. the storyline you can go to my youtube it's the whole <laughs> right thing is there actually if you don't even want to play it like yeah it's it's a pretty cool storyline to be fair but the reason that the artifact kind of is lacking you, you literally never see it this is all tangentially dealing with the people afflicted by this curse right i um, wonder if and i think it would be really cool now that they're in pre-production for elder scrolls 6 
that we don't get to see some of these items that in the time between Elder Scrolls Skyrim and all these years that they've been working on ESO, where they've been adding into the lore and all of these things have been added into the lore that existed or affected things usually in the second age, second era. But sometimes in the past, because they'll do those little mind warp things where somebody can see into the past or whatever. But mm-hmm. they've got all this history now built with all of these other artifacts and things. It would be really cool to see things like the Crown of Bones or the Mortem Vivicus show up in Elder Scrolls Six, Right. Um, and then continuing on with more, but most of this is going to be more story, uh, story artifacts. We'll just call them story artifacts. Yeah, it really is because most of this also takes place in cold Harbor. Like these are just fragments of worlds kind of ripped into cold Harbor. There's the harvest hearts, uh, which are artifacts that Molag Ball used to enslave large communities and power specific parts of his divine portfolio, which is a very interesting way of putting that. That's from the UESP specifically. Um, but this comes about during the plane meld, the vestige, you destroyed the heart uh, within a portion of cold Harbor known as the orchid. And it's orchard that, orchard. An orchid is a single flower. flower. (laughs) Um, The orchard. An orchard is is, a lot of flowers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is, um, what do you call it? It's this like vampire graveyard thing. We don't really need to go too much into this because it's its own storyline again. Pretty good as well. So Mm -hmm. it's it's just later on in the Cold Harbor section of Maybe we should make a a mental note of which of these stories we should go back and like flesh out in more detail. Because... It would be fun to kind of dive into we some could, of the, I, the details. So on some far, of the, the majority of these are like the Crown of Bones, the Mortem Vivicus, the Harvest Hearts. All are quest lines mm-hmm. in ESO. Like yeah. they, they're what about directly this related to that. Stones of Cold Fire. So again, we, cool name. Cool, cool name. And the Seven Stones of Cold Fire are artifacts that were gifted directly to Molag or from Molag Ball and distributed throughout the Daedic Ruins of Vardenfell uh, that were dedicated to the Lord of Lies. These stones hold the power to summon and compel Daedra. They were used um, during the Interregnum by Miss, bleh, Mistress Drafa to make a deal with the Dorama named uh, Zinkayez, I believe Z- is how you pronounce Zikanez? that. Uh, yeah, Zykanez. Yeah, I think I think it, I think in game they might actually say that is Zinkayez, but Zinkanez. It's spelled with an N. Yeah, it's it's an X, N, Yeah, these Dramora always have X's and Y's. And the things X's and Y's. X Y K E N A Z. Yeah, Zinkayan Zinkanez. Zykanez. Well, whatever. It's to prolong her life. That's what happens. The stones were located at. Uh, oof, I... Ashalmawai. Perfect. Uh, Balor, oh my lord. Es- These are Daedric Dun- ruins. Es- uh, let's try this. Esutanimus. Okay. Kushtashpi. Ramimilk. 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 And Yenserimus. And Tusenend. Those were wonderfully, wonderfully stated. There you go. Names. That's they're all um, just locations around Vardenfell. Yes, they are. Those are data yeah. ruins around Vardenfell. Again, in ESO. Um, and again, they're black stones with like this weird blue swirl, like blue flames in them. And that's that's just that's it. That's it. That's, that's about it. it. That but really go play ESO. All right, and then there's one more. 
there is one vampiric more. It's the vampiric shards. shards. You want to cover the vampiric shards? Yeah, I mean, this get... is another ESO thing. So uh, it, the vampiric it is shard... another ESO thing. So we'll, we'll just we'll just cover it real quick. The vampiric shards are foul relics that corrupt whatever they come in contact with. When the Saxleal village of Hodge Uxith was brought to Cold Harbor, Molek Ball gave the Argonians one of these crystals to keep their hist alive. It was the only thing sustaining the hist in Cold Harbor's inhospitable soil. Over time, the shard poisoned the hist. The hist was dying, and the shard kept it from passing, forcing it to endure constant torments. Another. Beautiful. It goes back to the whole undying thing, keeping things alive. Like, yep. why would he help them out and keep the hist alive? So he could freaking torture it forever. So he could torture it for all eternity. Right. And- Again, this is a, a you, you will find the Argonian Zanmir in Cold Harbor in ESO. There, there is this Argonian village that they're referring to with this dying hist. It's another portion of the Cold Harbor zone in Elder Scrolls Online, and that's the extent of this artifact as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So those are the artifacts. Not a whole lot of super interesting stuff if you're looking no, for things you can wield in the them, games. But- they yeah. kind of, without sounding like super dismissive, outside the mace of Molag Ball as a Daedric artifact, the rest of them seem like story MacGuffins, really. And that's yeah. Yeah. pretty much the extent of their existence. They have their one quest they relate to, and that's pretty much the extent of anything you deal with them. Right, right. You know what be really cool is, so there's different origins for artifacts sometimes the artifacts are crafted by a daedric prince sometimes they're crafted by somebody in service of the daedric prince it would be really cool to get an artifact that somebody who was being like enslaved by molek ball used like was able to siphon off some of the power or something in order to create an artifact to fight against molek ball in order to try to break enslavement, okay. you know, yep. and he would still be like wielding the power of Molek Ball, like because maybe they were like in close servitude with Molek Ball or some of Molek Ball's other, you know, realm or whatever. Sure. Well, sure. Some source of power. I'm sure they can come up with a reason. Right. Um, but then like that, that would be like a weapon that was specifically tuned to fight against Molek Ball, but also came from Mo- or maybe it was like a piece of Molek Ball's like horns or claws or something like that like turned into a weapon right that would be really really cool there you go there you go uh elder scrolls 6 team there's your idea for you the can week. have that one you can have on that idea <laughs> yeah just name it the uh robots blade or something which doesn't make any sense no in that's the lore. Co- very that's lore bad friendly. name it doesn't sound like it's coming from fallout at all it's a bad name it's a very bad name um <laughs> <laughs> okay, don't do that. Uh, but if you do, if you do use the idea, let me know. Let me know. Just give me a little nod. Just give me a little. Mm. All right. Name it something else, and then just put a winky face at the end. We'll know what it means. <laughs> With a winky face, Molex razor, pain, Molex pain razor, winky face, <laughs> winky <laughs> face. All right, so um, <laughs> uh, we've covered all the like the main stuff. You want to talk about some other funny little things? I mean, there's a lot of other things we cover in this episode, but. I think it's I think it's time to move on. Um, so this is a fun little fun little note. Uh, Molek Ball in Daggerfall. Do you remember what color he was? Isn't he green? He's green. Yeah. He's a big old green looking like demon guy with hooves. Which is cool. He kind of looks like he belongs in Doom. Yeah, he's kind of got yeah he's kind of got like that Doom bad guy vibe going he, on. It looks for for a gauge again. You can go to the UESP if you want to see him. His little animated GIF is there. Um, 
it, it makes me think of the hell barons yeah from, okay from, from doom or doom 2 yeah yeah well i mean that was the state of the world back then i mean doom was huge right back when they so, were working on daggerfall he, yeah he, de- he definitely has that vibe going to him yeah i totally get that totally get that uh here let's talk about the voice actors so there's two different voice actors the one that voiced the stuff from um skyrim is different from the voice actor in elder scrolls online the the voice you heard at the beginning is christopher Corey smith and eso's voice actor for molek ball is malcolm mcdowell and some of these Mm -hmm. names you've heard before because of doing other other things um the uh filmography for christopher Corey smith is is pretty substantial there's a lot of like animated types of stuff um uh, bleach is is one that a lot of people would recognize um ghost in the shell uh and these are minor characters medical student homeless man things like that but a very long list of things every year starting in like 2003 up until current time so most of this stuff is like anime and then other types of animation a little bit of film work and then video games and the video game list starts with spider-man in 2000 uh does he does a bunch of like uh superhero type stuff x-men's revenge he played mr sinister apocalypse colossus and soldiers um (laughs) and then you get to the uh elder scrolls skyrim where he was only moleg ball Sometimes these actors end up doing other characters as well. Yep. Just Molek Ball. And then has continued to do uh, lots of video game stuff ever since then. Very, very prolific voice actor. You'll probably recognize the voices, uh, you know, if you play enough different games, watch enough different anime, those kinds of things. You'll you'll see him popping up over and over again. Um, Malcolm McDowell is interesting because uh, Malcolm McDowell was in A Clockwork Orange. Did you know that? 1971. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Clockwork Orange, uh, Fallout 3 as John Henry Eden. It's another important one. Uh, games like God of War 3, um, Silent Hill. But then, for the most part, our audience would recognize him as Molek Ball in The Elder Scrolls Online. And you hear a lot of Molek Ball in The Elder Scrolls Online because every time those dark anchors fall down and Molek Ball taunts you, that's uh, Malcolm McDowell's voice. So always fun to go into the voice actors. You guys can look those up and see if there's any other games or or shows or whatever that you're familiar with. Um, Let's see. Anything else to note here? I'm just kind of looking through the rest of the notes. Um, I think we covered everything else. Most of it kind of came up with uh, in the conversations that we've already had. You have any other final thoughts? Um, no, I was going to say for a good gauge, um, you never really attend cold Harbor itself, the realm outside of, um, elder scrolls online. But one thing that I actually just thought was kind of interesting about cold Harbor, um, is it's supposedly like it's as an idea. Cause you know, all sorts of realms of oblivion are, are, have their own formation and, they usually tie into the Daedric Prince. One thing that I just think is kind of cool about his realm specifically that I kind of wanted to just mention is I like the fact that it's supposedly like a mirror image of Tamriel itself, except basically his corrupted dominated version of it. 
Right. Right. Like he's doing like he's like creating a model of what he wants to happen. Exactly. It's like, this is what I want to do if I can like basically get this plane meld to go off. So it's just like, I really feel like it's a blueprint of what he hopes he could actually do. And he just manifested it into his actual realm. Yeah. Like his Um, little test run before he actually. Which as a realm is kind of interesting, but it's just like, it's essentially just crappy version of the real <laughs> version of Tamriel. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, so I, I just thought that was kind of unique um, to him specifically because it, it, unless I'm forgetting something, it's really that actually makes it kind of unique to all of the other realms, which are very different and usually like some type of manifestation of the Daedric Prince. And ironically, a, a beat up dominated version of just what you play in game is kind of just what his ideal realm is. So it's just kind of like a, a cruddy version of the game you already play. Oh, that's his realm. <laughs> that's a, yeah. yeah. Elder Scrolls six taking place only in cold Harbor. <laughs> it's just like, why is this guy always blue? <laughs> Cause this is, a, this is crappy Tamriel. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. There you go. We, we have Tamriel at home and then you just go home to cold Harbor. <laughs> It's Molly Ball's version. <laughs> Molly Ball's Molly Ball. Can we have our Tam? Can get a Tamriel? We have Tamriel at home already. We have Tamriel at home. That's just Cold Harbor. That's just that's just your crappy version, Mom. Yeah. So yeah, shut that's... up. We'll be there soon. Stay buckled <laughs> up. So that was really the only thing I specifically wanted to just add at the end. There's not a lot to say about his realm other than that. Yeah, but it's yeah. it's what kind of I find makes his realm a little distinct uh, from the others. Mm-hmm. There's okay, so there's one other concept, and I'm not going to dive into it, but I just def- definitely want to nod to it: the concept of the ruddy man. We didn't talk about that title. No, we didn't. And the ruddy man occurs in two different places uh, in connection to the Dunmer and Vivek, and then also to the Reachman, and they're two different things. Supposedly, they are not the same reference, even though they both are referenced to references to Molech Ball, but right. they're not referencing the same exact events. The, the, it's like the names co-evolved in their own ways based on interpretations of what was going on at the time in two different locations. Which is weird because that's something that happens in the real world. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's kind of yeah. neat that that's in the story as well yes like that it's been crafted that that type of thing happens because that's almost like a real world event that you wouldn't expect to be written into a fictional thing like when it's fictional it seems like a mistake because it seems like an author mistake but it like you said it happens in the real world so an astute enough author would know that right right so and and that's that's another thing that's just because of the unreliable narrator and the way that a lot of the elder scrolls has formed as a series, you get a lot of things that are not super common in fantasy worlds and fiction. Because, yeah. yeah, exactly. In fiction, because it's just it, the way things are passed down, you don't have definitive answers a lot of the time in this series, which is, odd because there is kind of no omnipotent narrator to direct you it's just like well no this story is from this culture or this group of people or this person won so here's their interpretation of history which happens in real life so it's it's 
oddly parallels how history and stories are passed on in real life. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very interesting. So maybe we'll do uh, an episode on the Ruddy Man and the two different yeah, versions we, of that in the future. That's another right, one to kind of stick a feather in our cap. Get back that, to it. That later. almost seems like that would go along with the thirty six lessons if we get into yeah. that and yeah, the Oof. many horrific little children spawn of them as well. Uh, All right, that, well, I feel like that'd be <laughs> a, a project in and of itself. That would not fit into the last like four minutes we have for the show no no absolutely not absolutely not but um but uh, we'll get we'll get around to that stuff eventually there's there's just so much to cover in elder scrolls lore and we've been doing this for years now and we're still not anywhere near the end so um yeah so stay tuned for that in the future uh lotus you have anything going on you want to share how's how's tales going tales uh, tales is going well um as always just kind of continuing with the events really been enjoying high isle although uh you know, I, I, I've made no bones about, I think this might be my favorite expansion to the game yet. Uh, I really, really enjoy it, mm-hmm. but I have had so many technical problems with it. Like, really? It, wow. I actually have not encountered a portion of the game that is not broken. Um, huh. not a single portion, which is very frustrating. I think I had like um, one hiccup on like one quest that just kind of stalled out. We've had to actually stop doing things with my group because they're so unplayable. Is this in dungeons and trials and stuff? It's everything. Literally everything. There's no portion of the game that works 100% correctly anymore, which is very frustrating because all I want to do, because I love the expansion so much, is play it more. But achievements are broken. Rankings are broken. Quests are broken. uh, World bosses are broken. Dungeons are broken. Trials are broken. We did. We got together with the guild. We did have an issue with the world boss. Yeah. Um, And it's... Nothing is, yeah. and, and the big thing that I've been saying, nothing is game-breaking. But each of them adding up has been very frustrating as a whole. Right. Like it makes no you want to pause thing. and come back later. Co- it's correct. It's yeah. just been a lot of little things. Honestly, none of them are that big of a deal. But the fact that everything we do kind of has something that we've on the bright side we've also found ways around some of the stuff mm-hmm. but just needing to account for that has been frustrating because like i said i love the high high expansion so all i want to do is spend my free time playing it right and when you run right. into stuff like that it's like oh god so do i do i be aggravated but also keep playing because it's fun or do i stop but then i'm jonesing to play it more like it's this weird balance yeah. which we just got a patch on PlayStation. So hoping that some of that works out uh, to patch it. Cause I know PC got a patch a little sooner than us mm-hmm. uh, as you got the expansion sooner than us. Pretty common. So yeah. hopefully that corrects some, some of the issues at least uh, because yeah, so far I will say that stuff aside, I love High Isle. Like, and I've had way more fun with the card game than I expected. Yeah. I'm not yeah. great at it, but I like I've the had... zone. I like the card game. I, I like love the zone. The I story's love the been zone fun so much. Um, and the events in the zone, the world bosses in the zone—they're so good. Like, yeah, there are the a lot of way, the new trial is great. The way the island is designed, and like the mm-hmm. rocks come out of the water, and the fact that you can come across like. Um, 
like these rock formations that were placed by like ancient cultures that are yes. like part of this like and you just kind of come across them as you're running across the landscape yep. like there's a lot of cool little little like hidden bits i feel like in there are in the design of the world which is really cool um yes. so yeah yeah I, I agree i agree i think it's yep. i think it's it's they're getting every and we talk, we've talked about this for years every time they release a new zone it seems it's cooler than the last one right and and this one i just feel all aspects of it hit exactly what I was kind of looking for, even if I didn't know I was looking for it in a couple aspects. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so I've, I've really been enjoying it despite the technical issues that I've had kind of, I guess that speaks even more to it because it's like that hasn't even dampened it that much in the grand scheme of things. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm going away this weekend to the beach. So I believe Ark and Promethean who has actually returned to tales, uh, last episode, which was great because oh, cool. he hasn't been on in forever. Um, I think they might be attempting to uh, host a show, even though I'm away this weekend. Hopefully it all works out. But uh, yeah, I was going to say, if you're ever interested in the other show that I do, which is much more just topics of discussion in Elder Scrolls as a whole, as Tales of Tamriel. But other than that, just kind of been playing and enjoying the new expansion now that we've got it. Nice, nice. Yeah, so I've got I've got my stuff, robotsradio.net, for all of my shows. If you're into Fallout, there's the Fallout Lorecast. If you're into Lord of the Rings, there's the Lord of the Rings Lorecast. If you're into doing podcasts or want to learn more about doing podcasts, then you can join us as part of the Rocket Club, where I work with other creators and help them launch their shows and make sure that they're able to build audiences and create the best kind of show they possibly can. Uh, if you don't want to sign up for that, there's a book I wrote about podcasting. All of that stuff can be found at robotsradio.net. And um, my other side project I'm working on is I've been writing more music and I will be releasing um, a, a bulks of music, basically like sets of like EPs. Like the first three are going to be um, lo-fi and they're going to be copyright free, like you can use them on stream. You can do whatever you want with them. You can listen to them on Spotify. You can add them to your playlists. You can do all those kinds of things. So um, I'm working on getting that stuff launched in the next few weeks. The first EP will be up. I'll be putting more music online as time goes by and eventually just kind of building out a catalog for people to use for streaming and doing all sorts of other things. So that that's all under Robots Radio. It's going to be on like Robots Radio is the name of the band <laughs> on Spotify. So I was like, hey, easy to find. There you go. You can find it. Um, so go check that stuff out. And that's what I got going on. We'll be back next week with another Daedric Prince. And I think that's it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We love having you here. Stay safe out there. We'll see you next time. See you later. Thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on Twitter at robots underscore radio or Lotus of Doom at Lotus of Doom. Also, you can join us on the Robots Radio Discord channel. You can easily just search Robots Radio Discord on Google or check the description underneath the podcast. Also, this podcast is recorded live every week on Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on the Robots Radio channels on Twitch, YouTube, and on Facebook. So just search Robots Radio on any of those platforms come join us we'd love to chat with you while we record the show or before or after either way just come hang out with us and if you're looking for more information about my shows and the shows on the robots radio network go to robotsradio.net for all the information about all the shows on the network including the robots radio rocket club where i help both new and existing podcasters to grow their shows build their audiences and create the best podcast they possibly can all of that at robotsradio.net we'll see you next time All right. Yeah, Ben's outfit looked awesome.
Oh, yeah. That thing was wicked cool looking. Yeah, very, very cool. <clears throat> All right. Well, my uh, my wife and my son have been on vacation this last week. They were up in uh, the Carolinas hanging out at uh, the, her grandfather's cabin. Her grandfather passed away just like the last year, but he, oh. had, he has a cabin up mm-hmm. there and the rest of the family is, uses it for vacation yeah. stuff. So oh, okay. they went up and, and did that while well, I stayed here and, you know, did stuff I needed to do and continued working yep. and things. Um, so they'll be back tomorrow, which will be nice. Nice. I've been batching it up, eating terribly and, you know, hanging out with my dogs. So Yep. That, that, that'll happen. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say we, uh, I'm around. I get a, after work tomorrow, we're leaving in the morning. Uh, yeah, we're heading to the beach uh, for a couple days with basically nice. all of our in-laws. Everybody just kind of rents basically an entire block of a hotel. Nice. And then we just, since there's so many of us there, we just chill at the beach. Like people yeah. will go out to eat. You're bound to find somebody who wants to go out to eat at the same time you do. Right. It's so nice like, to go on vacation with a group of people because it feels right, like your options then, increase for stuff. Exactly. And it's like you, you can do your own thing or if you want people to do it with, you can group up and like do it. So that's kind of, it's our like yearly thing we do. That's uh, cool. With, her family so yeah then the beaches up in the northeast are so much i mean everyone's like oh the beaches in florida are beautiful and stinking hot and terrible <laughs> if you like being in a desert yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what you think is nice i would much rather be like on the coastline of like yeah. the northern u.s sure sure and you know, like you know like i don't know that kind of environment or on a boat you know like yep i don't want to sit on a freaking desert <laughs> that sounds terrible. Anyway, that's just me though. So have have fun up there. That sounds yeah. That appreciate sounds cool. it. And uh, yeah, but I'll be back again by midweek, so I shall be back for the next show. Awesome, awesome. All right, chat. Thank you for hanging out. So glad yeah. to see you guys. Um, ESO has been awesome. I've been seeing everybody in the in the chat playing and stuff. I've been meaning to jump in and join you guys again. I just need to find time to do it. And uh, you know, keep it up. I think uh, you guys are doing awesome things for the guild, and I'm sure people are appreciative to have more activities going. So uh, thanks so much for for getting that going and and being a part of it sand is terrible it gets everywhere (laughs) it does get everywhere as somebody who loves the beach sand when you're leaving the beach is a pain in the ass (laughs) yes we're gonna start quoting anakin skywalker anyway all right i'll see you guys later bye everyone bye everybody brain fog insomnia moodiness weight gain Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.